This is John Culp in Louisiana, and in this episode I'm going to talk about homemade antennas for watching TV. I got into making antennas four or five years ago, and it was because we got a new TV. What we had done a, a few years before we got the new TV, we had actually cut the cable, which is something that a lot of people are talking about nowadays. We, we cut off Cox cable because they had messed with the channel lineup and pushed all the good channels up into the higher numbers where we would have to pay a higher rate every month to be able to access the channels we liked. So we thought, forget it. We're not going to do it anymore. We just stopped having cable. And under the old analog broadcasts, we simply got bad reception for many of the channels. Some of them came in okay, but most of them were not very good. Well, when the transmission of TV signals changed over to digital and we got an HDTV, I was amazed at how good the quality was of the um, reception. Basically, either you get everything or you get nothing with uh, digital TV. If you get a, a signal at all, usually you can see it perfectly, but once it drops out, you get like a blue screen. So it's either all or nothing. There was never any fuzziness, really. Sometimes you'll get little squares that where the signal is kind of breaking up. But um, if you get a good signal, you can get great TV. Now, the problem I had was the antenna that I had was a, a store-bought one. It was actually a powered FM slash TV antenna. And it would get some channels, but not all of them. And then um, I started looking around for other antennas and reading reviews of them on Amazon and things like this. And basically, it looked like every antenna... Somebody said it worked great, and somebody said it was terrible, and that you shouldn't waste your money on it. And in one of those customer reviews, a guy mentioned that the so-called coat hanger antenna actually worked better than any of the ones he had bought before. Now, I had never heard of the coat hanger antenna, and so I looked up coat hanger antenna and very quickly found a video on YouTube where a guy showed you how you could make your own antenna using just a bunch of coat hangers and a board and some fasteners. And so I thought, well, shoot, I'm not going to spend any more money on one of these store-bought antennas if they're all going to have the same failings. So I tried the coat hanger antenna, and it worked pretty well. It, it worked about as well as the store-bought one, and it depended on where I put it in the room. Like if I could put it close to the window, it would work better, and put it up higher, it would work better, and so forth. So um, the next thing I did to try to improve the reception was put the thing up in the attic. Because everyone says one, one of the main principles of getting good reception with an antenna is the higher it is, the better reception you're going to get. So I, I think I already had a cable from the previous owner of the house. He had run antenna cables up to the attic or something. Anyway, I got an, a cable to run up to the attic and I mounted the antenna up there and plugged it into my TV, and uh, it was much better. It still wasn't perfect, but it was much better. So I started researching a bit more and found another design for the antenna. Uh, by the way, the the coat hanger antenna is done in what's called a bow tie design, where essentially you have a set of eight whiskers. The, normally the antenna geeks call them whiskers, where they're like V-shaped pieces of, of um, wire that are mounted in a certain pattern, and then they've got other pieces of wire that connect them all together and cross over and stuff. And to those, you have to attach a little 
doodad called a ballon, B-A-L-U-N. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to show you what that is. But it's also called a UHF-VHF matching transformer. And that is the thing that you plug your coax cable into. You attach the two little ends of the ballon to the two um, long pieces of wire on your antenna. And uh, that's what gives you the reception. So I, I started searching around for ways to improve the reception of the antennas. And I found a great website where there, guys were talking about a completely different design of antenna that was called the Gray Hoverman Antenna. It's named after some guys, I guess, Gray and Hoverman, I think. I will link to the page in the show notes. <coughs> Excuse me. But the Gray Hoverman antenna designs were made way back in the 50s and 60s, I think, and some antenna enthusiasts have revived the, the um, designs and actually licensed them with a GPL V3 license. So that the open source nut in me uh, liked that a lot. And so I tried the Gray Hoverman, and it was, it was great gets really good strong reception for the channels in the middle range of the American spectrum. I I apologize, I really don't know how this stuff would work in other countries. But uh, over here, the Gray Hoverman design was very strong for channels, say, 13 and above, all the way up into the 50s and 60s. But it didn't get one of the main channels we have here. Our CBS affiliate is channel 10. And that kind of fell out of the spectrum of the antenna. So I still looked further to try and find a solution to that. And the way I finally got channel 10 and the other channels was to go back to the bow tie design, but use better materials and a slightly different specs on the whiskers. I used, instead of coat hangers, I used copper wire. And copper is a much better conductor anyway. And I guess the thicker the better, but I found the best wire in terms of shapeability and durability, the, the compromise between those two factors, was number eight copper wire. I've used number six as well, but it's a little bit harder to work with because it's thicker. Number eight copper is great for making these antennas. So I use number eight copper wire for all of the pieces. Now this requires you to go into your pocket a little bit. You know, with the coat hanger antenna, you can probably just go in your closet and find some hangers and make your antenna almost for nothing. For the copper, I had to go to the home improvement store and pay, I don't know, 60 cents a foot or something like that. But still, the entire antenna, it and that one with the 10-inch whiskers, I think it required about 20 feet of copper. And so, you know, you're looking at a 10 to $15 investment on the antenna, which is still less than most of the antennas cost if you buy them at the store. But I made the 10-inch whiskers. I used good copper wire, and I mounted them to a board. And this time, I mounted the antenna on the outside of my house. I, what I did was I took the cable that had been cut from Cox and rerouted it going to the other end of the house where I knew it would be facing the antennas, or sorry, the transmitters, for our area. By the way, when you're doing this, you really need to check a website called tvfool.com because they have great information about where the transmitters are in your area so that you know which direction to point your antenna. So I rerouted the cable from Cox to the other end of the house and mounted my new antenna under the soffit there and was amazed at the quality of reception I got. So it, it's great. I get all of the channels except one from that antenna. So we've got most of our transmitters 
are in one area around here. And then there's a single channel, the NBC affiliate, that's in the complete opposite direction, almost 50 miles away. And so that channel I could not pick up with the antenna on the side of the house. So what I did was I made a, a gray hoverman antenna and stuck it in the attic facing directly at the one transmitter that I was not picking up with the other antenna. And then I used a joiner, or you could call it a splitter, I guess. They can serve either purpose, but I used a splitter or a joiner and ran each of the antennas into that. And then, uh, so on one side of the splitter, there are two inputs where, you know, I think what most people do with this is they'll take their single cable signal and split it to two different TVs. But what I did was took two antenna signals and joined them to go to one TV signal. So I joined the two TVs, uh, uh, antennas, and then plugged the single cable out of that into the TV, and now I get all of the channels. And so that, that's my solution. Now, one other thing that I've done to make the TV more accessible, because we only have a single TV in the house, and most of the time my kids are watching it, if anyone is watching it. And they don't watch much over-the-air TV. They mostly watch Netflix. We do have a Netflix subscription, and we have a Roku that streams that to the TV. I watch over-the-air stuff for sports on the weekends, and the spouse and I like to watch a couple of shows on public television. But we don't use a whole lot of over-the-air TV. But since there is only one TV, and if the kids are watching something at the same time I want to watch a sporting event or something that's going on, I got a network TV tuner. I looked into all kinds of tuners for computers. You can get these uh, help page USB tuners. You can get uh, PCI slot tuner cards and things like that. And I looked at all of those, but I was not sure whether they were going to be Linux compatible. And um, I found in the process of searching that you can get a network TV tuner. And I got one called the HD Home Run. And it's been great. I've got a dedicated antenna in the attic that is feeding the HD home run. And it is plugged into a, a Cat5 connection. Uh, it's on the hard wire connection on my network. And so uh, what this means is that any computer on your network can watch live over-the-air TV from that network tuner. And it's pretty cool. I can watch it on my laptop while the kids are watching whatever they're watching on the main TV. I, I can just watch over-the-air TV on the laptop or any other thing. The, the Silicon Dust company that makes the HT Home Run has source code for the Linux configuration setup. I guess there's a couple of little things that you can use to configure the tuner for Linux, and those packages are available from the manufacturer's website. And you can also get at least some of it in the Debian repository. And with the HD Home Run, you can also use XBMC or uh, Myth TV or things like that. So it's really, really great. So if you wanted to make your own TV tuner or uh, antenna, then you, you really don't need all that much stuff. You need enough wire to make the elements, whichever style you want to make. The Gray Hoverman requires about 10 feet of copper wire. The Bowtie style requires a little bit more, depending on how long you make the whiskers. Seven inches is the recommended length on many websites. I made mine ten inches on the one that does the best for me. You also need the UHF matching transformer called the Balan. 
need some fasteners to fasten the elements to a board, and you need a board to mount it on. And maybe most important, you need a good place to put it. If you have your own home, then you can probably get it into the attic or somewhere up high. Some of the guys who are real enthusiasts for homemade antennas will have these massive towers out in their yard where they'll, they will hoist their antennas way, way up high to get really good reception. I, I don't have anything like that. I'm pretty low budget. Let's see. I think that's about all I wanted to say about it. I definitely encourage you to try this out if you like the shows that are on your local over-the-air channels and have always just watched those channels on cable and are thinking about cutting the cable subscription. This is maybe something that could help you decide. And besides that, it's really fun. It's fun to make one of these antennas because it really is almost foolproof. They're so easy to make and they always work at least a little bit. And then you can adjust them. (laughs) My laptop just talked to me over there uh, using blather. Sorry for that interruption there. You can adjust the performance of it based on what kind of materials you use and the placement of the thing. Anyway, have fun with it. Have good hacking fun, and I will talk to you later about something else. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.